Hello everyone and welcome to the Curious John podcast. This is your host, Onome. In the last episode, I had two devout Christians on the podcast in presence of Dr. Ayotunde Omole and Daniel Adeyinka. And we had an interesting conversation on the topic of hell. We tried to look at the views of hell these Christians believe the Bible teaches and we try to see which of them is more consistent with the Bible. Uh, It was a very interesting conversation. Uh, It is a pity that the audio quality of that episode is not very good but I would like to uh, look into how I can have such conversations with better audio quality in future episodes but the conversation was interesting i enjoyed participating in it and i have listened to it about three times i think and i'm probably still going to listen to it more i i really enjoyed the conversation so i want to give my thoughts on the topic and the conversation generally Uh, first of all i want to say both speakers add verses that support their view. Uh, Dr. Tunde was defending the annihilation view. That's the view of uh, when you go to hell, you you are destroyed and you exist no more. And Daniel was defending the view of eternal conscious torment. That's you. That's people that end up in hell suffer an eternity of um, of um, torment, and they are aware of what happens to them. Uh, I want to say, like I said, both of them had verses that supported their, their views. And I think, I think one of the issues that leads to Christians interpreting the Bible differently is the issue of hermeneutics. Uh, the Bible doesn't provide its own. Um, uh, this word is a bit difficult for me to pronounce. Um, <laughs> The Bible doesn't pro- it doesn't provide its own hermeneutic. <laughs> the Bible doesn't provide its own hermeneutic, and that is uh, that is the theory and methods that you use to interpret a text. So the Bible doesn't say, "Hey, this is what this is how you should interpret me." So people have come up with different uh, types of methods of doing this, and that's what has led to so much differences in um in interpretation of scripture by christians but having said that now one of one thing i look at like i see i listen to the claim of christians that um the holy spirit is supposed to guide them in interpreting scripture and that makes me expect at least a bit of convergence on the interpretation of scripture if you get what i mean and but I don't really see that and there are so many um there are so many answers I've gotten from Christians when I raised that objection. But let's um let me move on with the my comments on the, the debate. Uh I want to talk about Daniel made a comment about Jesus being the best um the best interpreter of the Bible. He said if you want to learn about what the Bible has to say, 
you just need to listen to Jesus. That anything Jesus says is best to listen to it. I want to say if you well, that is if you are coming to the Bible with your Christian presuppositions. If you are someone like a like an Orthodox Jew now, and you <laughs> you can't be reading the you can't be reading the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament. You understand because the Jews don't they don't think the New Testament represents what their text was originally written for. So if a Jew won't say uh, the best way for them to understand their uh, is it Torah or Tanakh is by looking at the words of Jesus. Um, but for a Christian to say that, I think I understand where he was coming from. And he, Daniel also made a comment on the reason why people come up with the view of annihilation. He said, uh, if you truly believed Jesus is enough to save you and you are sure of your salvation, you won't want to come up with with a, a kind of softer version of hell where the suffering is not too much. And I, I tried to, I tried to talk to him about that comment. Uh, in fact, I didn't like it. I don't. The thing is, I don't like. I don't think it's nice for you to assume the motives of people when having a dialogue. Especially if you if you turn out to be wrong, and the that's not the motive the person has for taking the view that they take. You can actually it can actually be offensive to them. And but Doctor Tunde wasn't really. He wasn't bothered about that. He. He said it didn't make him feel irritated or anyhow. But that's just the that's just the thing. If you want to have conversations with people, and even for the just for the sake of listening to them better, it's it's quite reasonable for you to drop any uh, beliefs that you have about their motives and just give them the grace and listen to what they have to say. And I also. That made that got me thinking. Uh, if you, if you, if you, even in the case where you are okay, you are certain that okay, you are a believer in Christ and you are, you are very sure that you are going to go to heaven when you die. One of the, one of the things that can make you even look at the scripture differently. Let's say you have a lot of family members or loved ones that are non-believers, and you even know you know a lot of people that you you think they are quite decent people, but they are not just Christians. Now, uh, you can look at these people and have the thoughts that okay, these people are going to suffer for eternity, like they are going to be tormented forever, and that type of um, thoughts can make you quite uncomfortable and maybe it can even push you to look at the scripture differently i'm just trying to give another motive that can cause people to read the scriptures like that even if though there are some there are people that that's what they actually read in the bible and that's what they come up with honestly i think um dr tunde said that is the case he has so uh if you if someone can have that motive of okay you are bothered about your loved ones and even though you you are assured of your own salvation but you see so many people that you know and you just can't accept it that they are going to go to hell to be tormented forever you could you could it could push you to like to have a different view on scripture and uh i think 
if i if i suspected people of having such motives at least i'm looking at them from from a human point of view and it's i'm looking at the i i believe they have empathy that's why they can come up with with such um motives but for me to like start saying okay you are not sure of your own salvation it means i'm just looking at you like someone that is selfish you are just thinking about yourself and you you want to like look at what's going to be the the best case scenario for you and that wasn't that's that, that was not very nice uh yeah daniel asked <laughs> he asked both of us if uh, he asked um dr tunde and i if we are both 100 percent sure that we are going to heaven uh the question okay if he asked dr tunde that type of question i understand because dr tunde is a christian of course but daniel knows my position on matters like this very well he knows if you ask me like if you ask me what happens after i i die i would say I would say I'm about 80% sure that I can't remain conscious after I die because right now I think you need a brain to be conscious and if I'm dead and my brain cells and everything is dead I don't know how I want to continue remaining alive so I don't I I, I gave 80% just because I want to be conservative there's no way I can prove that life life after death doesn't exist it's not possible for me to prove it in any way and I want to give that chance that the Christians and the Muslims and the Jews and so on, they could be right. And maybe it's possible for me to continue to remain conscious after I die. So when you are asking me that, am I sure that I, I will go to heaven after I die? Am I 100% sure? And you already know you already know that I don't believe in the afterlife like you do. It's it's a kind of silly question. And I, I didn't even bother to answer during the conversation. But I don't know why... I, it's, it's not like it's not because the question was silly to me that's why i didn't answer i think i just didn't put my mind on it i was just more focused on trying to uh trying to talk about the accusation that daniel made against people that hold the uh eternal sorry the annihilation view uh, daniel a lot of times he mentioned the bible is so clear on this this bible is so clear on that the bible is so clear on this i want to advise christians before you before you when you are talking to maybe people of other denominations or people that hold different theologies from you and before you say things like the bible is so clear on this i want you to know that if you if you are familiar with the history of the church these topics have been debated they have they are topics that have been debated by very brilliant christians for hundreds of years so before you say the bible is so clear on this just think about it for a second okay if the bible is so clear on this why are people why are people why have they been debating about it for so many years you understand so you ju- just ask your just think of it that way and i think it's going to make you um more humble and less dogmatic when you want to make claims like the bible is so clear on this the bible is so clear on that daniel i'm so sorry that i'm picking on you but <laughs> but a lot of things i you know we have talked about this type of thing so many times and you know the way i think about them and many of the many of the comments i have to i have to drop on things that you said by the way that was the first time i i vocally talked i talked to uh dr tunde we have been conversing for a while but 
all our forms of communication have been through text. Uh, it was the first time I got to listen to him talk. And I really liked him. I, I thought he was graceful. He, he didn't come with the attitude of, okay, I want to come and prove to this Daniel brother that he's wrong. He didn't come with that attitude at all. He was very graceful. He was very willing to uh, listen. And he gave me, he gave me, uh, he gave an interesting analogy of what the soul and the spirit is. And I don't think I've heard that before. I think that's what he said is quite different to uh, what I grew up learning in the Catholic Church. He talked about the body and soul. And uh, the, the, he said the spirit is what unites the uh it's like the spirit is like the nail that unites the wood of a table together and the table is the the sorry the wood is the body and the soul is like the whole union so he said when the spirit when someone dies spirit leaves and goes to heaven and the nail is no longer so the the um the wood that makes up the table that's the body just um disintegrates and I think that that's that's a quite interesting way to look at it, but that's not what I don't think that's what I learned while growing up. Uh, I want to. I've just I noted down some things I want to comment and let me move on. Uh, yeah, there was an interesting part of the conversation where Doctor Tunde raised up some ideas about hell. And Daniel responded that, okay, if these ideas are so obvious from what the Bible teaches, why is it that it is not mentioned so many times? And Dr. Tunde said, oh, maybe God doesn't want us to focus on hell. He doesn't want, to, doesn't want us to be talking about hell so much. But instead, we should focus on his love. And Daniel was like, uh, God is not going to spend so much time in the Bible warning people about hell if he doesn't want us to focus on hell. And this brought an interesting uh, thought to my mind. Uh, there is this argument I, al- I always make. I've, I've, I've even told Daniel about it many times and he brought it up in the conversation. I usually say that the idea of eternal conscious torment is not very consistent with the Bible. Because, and I, my, one of my reasons for that is when I read the Old Testament. Now, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of times where um, Yahweh warns the ancient Hebrews of the consequences of um, disobeying his laws. And, it, and also, he also gives them the uh, benefits of obeying his laws. And one very, there are many, many times like that in the Old Testament, but one very good example is Deuteronomy 28 1 to 14. If you read Deuteronomy 28 1 to 14, you see the blessings that come when you keep the laws of the Lord. And if you read uh, Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 68, it, the causes are spoken about. Now, the, the funny thing of that, the funny thing concerning th- those passages that I just brought up is that if you compare the causes, uh, I think it was Moses that was speaking there, but if you compare the causes to the blessings, like it's almost the causes are almost like three times more than the blessings. And when you when you get to Deuteronomy 30, 15 to 20, uh, it is said that 
I place before you life and death. Choose life so that you may live. Something like that. Now, my point is, if you look at those, if you look at the courses, there are so many things that there are so many things that can go wrong if you disobey the um, the laws of Yahweh. Now, if you go, if you read those, if you read, if you read what is mentioned there very well, there are things like, okay, you are going to become poor, you are going to lack food, you are going to die, your children will not be safe. That's the type of things that you have there. You don't have, you don't have Yahweh saying, oh, and you are going to die and not be in a relationship with me and be tormented forever. No, you don't have something like that. And that's the, one of the points I try to make. Now, if you are saying, um, God spends so much time warning people about hell like does it not make sense that okay that this god will be bothered that okay people these people that are living at this time like there is a chance that they are going to end up in this place and like is it not doesn't it make sense for god to at least mention it once to them that hey look oh if you if you die on this planet and you are not keeping my laws or something there is a chance that you end up being tormented forever but there is nothing there is nothing like that and that's the point i was trying to make uh daniel talked about when i when he brought up this point he was trying to talk about um what um, hellenistic jews believed and my response was that hellenistic jews are not from the time frame that i am talking about you like we need to look at time frame when we are talking about these ideas uh yeah he said he said something he talked about philo of alexandra and i was trying to argue with him that philo of alexandra is not a jewish philosopher but i was wrong i i checked that later and yeah he was correct philo of alexandra is a jewish philosopher let me go on with the comments i have to make uh yeah dr tunde said the pharisees rejected the christ that was clearly that was clearly foretold in the old testament well i have to say that is if you are coming to the if you are coming to the if you are coming at the old testament with the presupposition that christ is the messiah of course you are going to see christ being clearly foretold in the uh old testament but if you now if you if you approach the text with maybe you don't you approach the text without any um what is it called without any presuppositions i think it is i think you can see it you can understand the um the pharisees you can understand their rejection better i mean if you actually if you read the pharisees the if you read the arguments that they make you can even check out the arguments that orthodox Jews make today of why they don't accept jesus as their messiah it's not like because the way he made it sound he made it sound like okay there's something that is very obvious in the old testament and they just don't want to see it and i have listened to orthodox jews make their point and one example is rabbi tovia singer you could check out his youtube channel i've listened to them make their points many times and it's not just like it's not the way christians want to make it sound like jesus is so clear in the old testament and they just don't want to see it and that's just what i have to say about that yeah, there was a, there was a part that um, Doctor Tunde said, the real punishment for sin is missing out on eternal life, and Daniel said, <laughs> Daniel said that's not really punishment. Well, I, I want to agree with Daniel a, a little bit because what I mean is that, of course, if you if you think 
spending eternity with god is a good thing and then you should also agree that okay missing out on that opportunity is a bad thing now the reason why i want to agree with daniel a little bit is like someone like me i do think about i think about living forever and it is something that scares me whether it's in the place of joy or it's in a place of sadness like it's not something it's it's not something that it's not something like i feel i would be happy doing maybe the way i look at it is like okay if i live for maybe two thousand years i'll just get bored and it's going to drive me insane that's the way i see it so when when somebody says um missing out on eternal life is not really a punishment for me i i would agree that it's not really a punishment though i i think i told and there was a time i told dr tunde about how i see the idea of living on forever and he i like dr tunde for one thing he knows how to he knows how to meet people where they where they uh he knows how to meet people at their desires so when i told him that thing he said his his answer was that i can't get bored if i'm in the presence of god and he said the he used knowledge because he knows that i'm somebody that likes to learn so he used knowledge to back up his point he said god is infinite knowledge and if i if i get in the presence of god i will continue learning new things forever and i'm not sure i could get bored of learning new things forever but it's not something i've experienced so i can't be so sure and but that's what i have to say on that uh yeah i want to talk about daniel's analogy to a man that raped a girl and is thrown in jail for life now i was trying to talk about i was trying to tell him about the injustice of punishing people for uh i tried to explain why i don't believe um punishing people forever for crimes that they have committed in a very finite time is uh, I, I try to explain why i don't believe that's something just to do and daniel responded by giving an analogy of a man that rapes a girl and the man is thrown in jail for probably a life sentence in a developed country now his point was he was trying to say okay you have to people have to uh, receive the consequence of their actions so that there can be justice of course i do agree with the concept of justice but i think my point still stands and i'm going to try to explain why now now we usually uh we usually punish people for for i think about three reasons the first one is we want uh, we, we want the punishment to serve as a d- deterrent we don't want other people to commit the same crimes because they want we want them to see what can happen to them if they commit that crime so we want them to stay away from it that's one reason another reason is we want to rehabilitate the offender we want to get them to want to get them to change their attitude so those two reasons that i have stated now there are reasons that i agree with them very well now the third reason is for retributive justice that's the eye for an eye tooth for tooth and whatever now what daniel is describing sounds more like retributive justice but in his case it's even worse but let me just go on and explain now i'm not a fan of i I don't retributive justice is not something i support because and the reason is uh if somebody is killed now 
we kills if someone kills somebody else and we kill the person that killed somebody else that action doesn't really it doesn't really rectify what has happened you get it doesn't uh it's not going to bring back the dead person to life so it does not really make sense to me the the, the time when i'm going to support the death penalty is maybe the person is a nuisance to the society and there's really nothing we can do uh-huh. in that case now that, that's an extreme case and i would support the death penalty but the idea of retributive justice is not just it's not just reasonable to me but in what in what daniel is describing is worse now let's imagine that this the man that raped the girl we captured him and we continue to torture him every day we continue to touch torture him whip him we make him starve but we make sure we just we make sure we keep him alive so that he can continue to to be tortured and tortured and even we even get some people to, to rape him till he dies maybe he dies at 80 and we continue doing that now that is something that if in our modern world today if people heard about it it's going to be like it's going to be an international crime it's going to be violating the human rights of the man and so many things it's not in fact personally a lot of us will find that action morally repulsive but in the case of the in the case of this eternal conscious torment that we are talking about that's exactly what is happening and it's even much worse because of because because daniel has a just believe and be saved theology it's more it's much more worse now imagine that somebody maybe maybe a psychopath or something or a, or a serial killer he in fact, let's even use the case of Ted Bundy. If you know, if you have ever, if you've not heard of Ted Bundy before, you can read up his story. Now, Ted Bundy had a lot of female victims, a lot of vic- a lot of um, people that he killed and I think raped and whatever. And while Ted Bundy was in jail, uh, the reports that we have is that he gave his life to Christ at the before he was he was um, before he was put to death. Now imagine a lot of these girls that he has raped and killed and whatever. Now imagine that many of them were not Christians. Uh, maybe some of them were Jewish. Maybe some of them were Christians. They were just raised up in the Christian home, but they 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 didn't really believe the mess the message like that. Or, or some of them are Muslims. Now imagine that many of these victims now they have lived a very a decent life they have been kind to other humans they have not gone out to harm anybody and things like that because they they are not believers in christ after ted bundy rapes them and kills them they are going to go to hell to be tormented forever for eternity for the how many 20 years or so life that they have lived in this earth now ted bundy after giving his life to christ just like the thief on the cross is going to meet um is going to meet god in heaven and enjoy eternal bliss forever now if you think of that type of system it's if you if you are a normal human being and you have empathy like you should it should sound repulsive to you i don't know how you want to justify it you should, you should say okay this thing doesn't make sense and, and i think this is why i think this is one of the reasons why um the catholic church has the idea of purgatory where souls are cleansed before they are allowed to go to heaven i think that i think people have sat down and thought about things like this and said okay this doesn't really make sense and they have come up with that idea if you if you want to give your argument against purgatory and whatever okay you can do that but i i, I think the point is very clear the idea of um, punishing people for 
ever for what they did in just uh, how many years or 80 years or so it's not really something that is doesn't really make sense if you think about it very well especially if you hold the type of doctrine of salvation that daniel holds uh if you if you have listened to this daniel like you are free to respond to me in fact you are free to come on the podcast again to answer all the statements i have made uh yeah i want to talk about there was a there was a point i asked daniel a question i asked him that okay if you if you are given the choice to suffer and die the way jesus what the way jesus was killed or you you will be tormented for eternity you you somehow be kept alive throughout your eternal torment uh, which of them are you going to pick now daniel suspected that i was trying to ask a trick question and he was like what was my motive for asking the question yeah it was a, it was a trick question or the i think i did i even i didn't tell him my points behind the question but i think i should have I should have played out my card easily for him. In fact, when I watch this um, this Pine Creek YouTube channel I talked about, he's very good at putting his cards out on the table because he talks to a lot of um, theists. He's an atheist, of course. So he talks to a lot of theists and he's going to ask them questions that are difficult. And if they ask him that, what's your, what's your motive? He's, going to, he's not going to... He's not even going to try to hide it. He'll just tell them that, look, this is my motive. I'm trying to trap you. Now embrace it. Answer the question. But I just didn't feel comfortable doing that. I don't know why. I just didn't feel... Maybe I should even... <laughs> Maybe I should even ask Pine Creek how he does it. Wait, let me... Let me give him a call. Hello? Yeah, dog, what's up? Yeah, this is... um. You can just you can call me John. I started a podcast recently, and uh, I'm I'm trying to do what you do and talk to people that are this generally and find out the reasons why they believe. Yeah, yeah. I I wanted to I wanted to ask you how do you how do you um do it like how how do you have so much confidence to when you try to trap um this and they ask you your motive and you just you just lay your cards on the table how do you how do you do that so often oh oh it's a satan giving power oh you work for satan so he gave you the power to do it oh, 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 oh. but am i going to be able to get such power oh i have to be 100 percent sure that christianity is false for me to to be able to get that type of power okay okay all right all right, all right. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I understand all right bye yeah that was that was pine creek dog uh i just i asked him how we how we does his trick of just laying out his cards on the table and he said it's a satan it's a power from satan because he works for satan of course on the quest to making christians doubt and leading them to hell so <laughs> i'm just kidding that's that wasn't a record uh yeah, so my motive for asking the question why, why did i ask the question i was just trying to like i noticed that um christians are always trying to like they're always trying to there's this emotional blackmail of 
look at what Jesus did for you, look at what Jesus did so that you don't have to go to hell. And I just thought of it one day that, wait, crucifixion is something that, that's the traditional way of Romans executing their prisoners. So, a lot of human beings have gone through crucifixion. I don't even, I don't even know if I can put an estimate on that. And even if we look at the suffering that exists in this world, I'm very sure that a lot of people have gone through suffering that is much more worse than crucifixion. So I was just trying to look at it that, hey, the um, the physical pain that Jesus Christ has gone through is something that a lot of you would prefer to to take instead of um, going to hell to like be tormented forever. So, like, what is the what? Why are you? Why are you like? Like, can't you just can't you see that the this punishment that you're talking about is not even they are not even on the same level you get that was the, that was why i asked that question and he tries to talk about the cosmic importance of jesus suffering and all of that and okay i think i understand i understood this point though but i told him that okay if it comes down to the physical uh suffering alone like which is he going which of them is he going to choose and of course he, he chose to be crucified <laughs> so i think my my point goes through uh what else do i want to talk about i think there is a correlation between a person's personality if i'm let me let me try to put this way i think your personality type and the your upbringing i think they affect the the type of theology that you hold and that's why that's why people that's another reason why people come up with so so many different um interpretation of scripture i think that's one good reason i think that's all i have to say on the uh that's all i have to say on the the conversation uh it was it was a conversation that i enjoyed like i've said before and if you have listened to this episode uh dr tunde and daniel and you think i have misrepresented you in any way you are free to if you want to come again and have another conversation you are welcome i would love to do that or you could just you of course you have my contact you could just um chat me up and tell me what i have said wrong and i'll come back here and correct myself uh, i want to talk about the zikoko mag incident uh if you don't know the incident i'm talking about i'll just give a brief summary of what happened uh, so there is this social media magazine known as zikoko mag and on their Twitter account, they posted a video. That was on Monday. Uh, the, I think the title of the video was What uh, Fictional Character Would You Not Like to Spend Time With? And in the video, there was a girl that was talking about... Her answer was... She said the f- fictional character that she would not like to spend time with is Jesus Christ. And the reasons that she gave was that... Uh, she said Jesus is going to be a boring person because you could be eating bread with him. And he would just pick up the bread and start talking about one deep parable. And she, she's not into all those type of stuff. And she would be like, see, let's just eat, eat bread and go, Joe. I mean, I don't want to hear all this one that you are saying. So that was what she said. And in fact, when I saw the video, I was like, this is not so... I didn't find it so funny. I just found it like... It was just... It was a bit dry to me. And uh, later, I think... I don't know if it was up to one hour or so. I heard the Zikoko Mag had taken down the post and they ap- apologized. They said they were sorry for 
releasing what is offensive to Christians and blah blah blah. So what happened was that Christians were complaining about the uh, the post. They were like it's offensive to their faith and many a lot of complaints like that. Now I want to talk about the reaction. Uh-huh, I think the, the 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 funny part is that atheists and agnostics after the video was taken down. Atheists and agnostics also came out on Twitter and they were like, why would the Mag be giving Christians a upper hand? There are Christians that are so used to offending other people's beliefs, saying things like, all other gods, now so so yeah, yeah, every other god, now so so yeah. Like, you get the point. Like, why these people feel so, like, they feel so, um, they feel like it is the right thing to do to like step on other people's beliefs and nobody comes to complain that hey you are disrespecting my belief or something and somebody just somebody merely accused jesus of being a fictional character and there is so much uproar and things like that and the main point that the atheists and agnostics were trying to make was that zikoko zikoko mag had given like they had given christians a kind of um preferential treatment which is not right so I just want to give my thoughts on everything that happened. Uh, first of all, I want to advise Christians to be—I want to advise Christians to be uh, to be emotionally strong. Stop, like stop, <laughs> stop getting offended over like silly things like a baby. Seriously, because if somebody says your if somebody says Jesus is a fictional character, and you think the person is wrong, you could just you could just correct the information. You could just say, oh. Jesus Christ is not a fictional character. Jesus Christ existed historically because of so-so and so evidence. Personally, I'm not a mythicist. Like, a mythicist is someone that believes the the man Jesus didn't exist. I'm not a mythicist. So, if you want to... If you if you find such information, you can always correct the person. Simply, you don't need to get offended about the matter. Like I meet, it doesn't even make sense. Imagine I meet somebody on the road, and the person is telling me that my mother is a fictional character. I'll just laugh and find the person silly. I, I won't get offended and start saying you are releasing, you are offending my love for my mother or whatever. You, you, you are disrespecting my family. I won't do that. It doesn't really make sense. In fact, your own scriptures, your own scriptures have, your scriptures have said it that the world is going to hate you because of Jesus Christ. You're, so when you like when you hear people making mockery of you and things like that when you hear atheists and agnostics mocking you just soak up and don't take it to heart is it not your own scripture that says um what well, it says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing is it not also your scripture that says uh the god of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so that they cannot see the the truth or something like that so when you see people making fun of you just just assume that they are going to hell and if you want to correct them correct them but stop get stop get getting offended you are not babies please don't get offended over things like that i know some people are going to listen to this podcast and feel offended again well fine i'm going to continue saying things like this until you get used to it so stop getting offended doesn't Galatians 6, 7 say God will not be mocked? So, allow people to make their anti-Christian jokes. Ah, Abi, don't worry. God is enough to to fight fight these people for himself. Don't. I saw a lot of Christians saying things like, uh, you wouldn't dare do this with Muslims. And I was just like, 
are you kidding like seriously like the attitude that muslims have that not, not all muslims have that attitude yeah? but the idea of okay let's um let's let's not allow people to talk against our religion and whatever whatever and let's resort to violence if they do that like that's something that is very it's it's not something that we should be encouraging it's something that we should condemn so like the, when you start saying and can you do this with muslims it's like you are giving the you are giving the muslims that yes what you are doing is good like it's good that they can't mess with you you understand so such statement like that like it shows that you you are not really you are not thinking much about what you are saying or maybe even if you had the chance you would actually you would perform violence on people that say things against your religion so uh there are there are a lot of christians that of course they they didn't take the side of people that were of christians that were complaining and the christians that had the post taken down by zikoko so it's not everybody that uh what the criticisms i'm making um, applies to but the point is just that um don't don't put too much uh don't get to don't take criticism against your faith too personal like just look at it that okay these people just assume that these people are lost and they don't know what they are saying and it's not it's really not going to get to you if you are not insecure about your faith though that's it if you are not insecure about your faith you shouldn't be feeling that way that's just the point it's like somebody coming to accuse me now of somebody comes to tell me that i did so 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 and so and the person is misrepresenting what i did i'm not it, it, the, the the worst thing i can do is just tell the person that hey you are wrong and this is why you are wrong i'm not as long as what the person is saying is not true about me it shouldn't make me triggered at all now, i want to make a claim but i'm not so sure that that's what the case is but this is my suspicion i think many times when christians don't want atheists and agnostics to openly criticize their beliefs especially on social media i think one thing that causes it is that these christians are bothered that some other christians would listen to um, these criticisms that atheists and agnostics make and it's going to make them doubt and lose their faith in fact i've had an experience like that i told a friend of mine about what my podcast is meant to do that was before i started the podcast and this friend of mine is a christian and she was like i should not do something like that and her reason was people are going to listen to it and lose their salvation and i was like it sounded quite strange to me because if you have a faith that is true like the evidence for your faith is so good you shouldn't be bothered about people listening and doubting because anytime they doubt you can just show them the evidence and they will become confident that their faith is true again so it's that's how i see it uh in fact i think there's a part of the bible i think it's um first john 2 19 that talks about some people that left the faith i think they left the group of believers and it is said there that these people left because they did not belong to us in the first place so it's like saying these people were not true believers in the first place so if um, if you are bothered that atheists and agnostics are making people to doubt and leave the faith you can just look at it like that you can look at it like okay these ones are not true believers and the atheists are just bringing them to the realization that they are not true believers you can just see it that way and i think if you look at it that way it's going to be a win-win for you and you won't be bothered anymore because uh, you would agree that uh, when you go for evangelism a lot of times you would agree that one of the most difficult things to do is to convince people that they are not true christians you want to convince them that okay they have not uh, they are not true believers that they are just maybe churchgoers or something and so 
you can take it you can take what atheists and agnostics do to just be like that to just like take it like they are just making these people realize that they don't really have a strong faith and they are just helping jesus christ to to separate the the shafts from the wheat or the goats from the sheep and you can if you if you take if you come at the matter from that point of view you can just see it like these people are doing the lord's work and it's a win-win thing for you so don't be bothered don't be bothered about um about atheists and agnostics or non-christians generally trying to make christians doubt because uh the the ones that are true believers won't leave the faith if we were following what it says in first john 2 19 or i could be reading the i could be interpreting the part of this the bible uh i could be interpreting this wrongly because there are other parts that um that shows that believers can actually use their faith so it's not a, it's not a matter that is really clear like that and that is why there's one the whole there's always the there's the first there's the um there's the first one sorry the one saved always saved um, debate that is that goes on among christians and this is one of the matters that causes it but all i'm saying is that you can just see it that way to reduce your anxiety and just look at it uh, the atheists are doing the the work of god now for the atheists and agnostics I, if you want to, let me give you let me give you let me advise you on what i think if you want to talk to christians on like you want christians to listen to what you are saying I, like you are free to you are free to mock and make jest and make fun of course that is that makes the whole thing interesting like we have to we have to be using violence once in a while <laughs> but like do it on a low-key level because when you like when you when you are t- too excessive with it the, the what what happens is that you just reinforce the persecution complex of christians because there's this pers- persecution complex of oh the whole world is against us the world it's us because we are preaching the truth and whatever whatever so if you want to if you want to have fruitful dialogues with christians i want to encourage you to uh to reduce the the mockery at least just make it lucky don't make it too obvious and even if, if you are going to mock yeah this is one thing if you are going to mock let it be accurate to what the christians actually believe don't mock something that is uh what do they call it they call it a straw man when you just misrepresent somebody's position because the the christian will just assume that okay you are not willing to listen to their own view you understand like you just want to you just want to dishonestly um you just want to dishonestly twist what they believe and mock it you understand so if you are going to make jokes let it be very accurate to what the christians actually believe uh, when you are when you when you are talking to christians there's there's a lot of times where such conversations can be very frustrating you just like you are looking at something that is so clear and you are just wondering that how can this person not see it and i get that very well i've had many conversations like that that has made me very frustrated but i just want you to remember that a lot of these people if you look at if you want to like the main reason why they believe whatever they believe is because they have had one very especially christians they have had one very powerful experience that convinces them that what they believe is true so it's not really most times it's not really about the you know a lot of people will bring up historical evidence they'll bring up um cosmological arguments ontological arguments moral argument and so on like that's not really that's not the force that drives the belief the, what drives the belief is one experience the person has had maybe 
maybe they went to one convention and they felt the holy spirit or something or they spoke in tongues or something it's all this it's all it's all those type of personal experiences that makes people believe things very strongly so when you are having conversations with people like that just always have it at the back of your mind that these people have had one strong experience that convinces them of these things now i know that people do have experiences i've me myself i have had experiences that at the time i believed they had to be supernatural but now that i can now that when i think back of those experiences i can come up with alternate explanations so when you when you the point is that when you talk to people just know that this is like this is the main thing that is driving their belief so don't try to try to empathize with them and don't um don't get frustrated and i think that's what i have to say on that now should zikoko mag have taken down the post i would say no i don't agree with that i think if we want to have societies that can move forward it's always um it's a good thing to allow free speech and allow people to criticize beliefs people always say yeah you must respect beliefs. no i don't think you must respect beliefs. you must respect people like respecting people is what is important you don't need to respect beliefs beliefs should be open to criticism because if you don't if you shield beliefs from criticism what you what you have is that you have a stagnant society where people are not learning new things people are not correcting their errors so you have to allow beliefs to be criticized when beliefs are criticized then people can say oh okay we are wrong here we are wrong there we are wrong here and this is what the scientific method does it allows it opens itself for um, professionals to criticize each other's ideas and that's why it's progressive now of course somebody may make the point that we have to limit free speech and i agree yeah we do limit free speech for for instances where maybe what one person is saying is inciting violence against some groups of people if somebody comes on twitter now and says something like all christians should be killed or all muslims deserve to be stoned to death or something or uh, we should wipe out muslims we should wipe out christians if you start if you make all those type of statements i'm going to support such statement being taken down but as long as what you are saying is not um what you are saying is not inciting violence against somebody is not uh is not causing is not causing people to to pick up a knife and go and kill somebody else i think directly because of course there's always nuance on issues like that i think once that is the case then there is really no um there's really no need to limit this the free speech of what somebody has to say uh you of course we, we don't want to there's also the part of not um favoring one religion over the other because we live in nigeria and nigeria is supposed to be a secular um country though some parts in the north use things like sharia law and those are not really secular states but we in southern nigeria we are we are operating under secular laws so we shouldn't be we shouldn't allow one religion to have an upper hand imagine somebody posting things like so imagine somebody posting a message like jesus is the only way any anybody that is not a believer is going to go to hell to suffer for eternity then um an atheist or an agnostic says this is very disrespectful to me and it should be taken down no it doesn't make sense now we should allow free speech i support the right of christians i support christians to go out and tell people that they are going to hell that's very fine go out and tell people that okay accept jesus or go to hell that's fine that's not that's if we can have a conversation about that so my point is just that we shouldn't we shouldn't structure a society whereby one 
religion um as and over another one like that's not a very good idea it doesn't really end in it doesn't usually end in good outcomes and uh of course i told the christians like you guys should man up i said man up now feminists will listen to my podcast and say man up woman up whatever just <laughs> just be stop getting or stop getting triggered easily like as long as if you are confident that what you believe is true just look at people that make fun of you that oh these people are just they don't know the truth because they don't have the old spirit they don't have the special source that makes them see the truth and uh for atheists and agnostics if you want to criticize christianity like i said always remember that these people have had one um one experience that makes that makes them believe in fact there is this there is this conversation tactic called street epistemology and it helps figure out if you are talking to somebody and the person is claiming to have a belief it helps you to figure out why exactly they hold that belief like what's the biggest reason that is making them have that belief and uh, it's a it's a it's a quite good converse conver- it's a, it's a good conversation tactic and i would be i think i'm going to go over it in other in future episodes all right that's all i have to say on the issue i just i found it it was quite um it was it was just funny to me i didn't i didn't really take it didn't get me so angry because i noticed that a lot of um atheists and agnostics were very angry about the matter especially when zikoko mag took down the post so it didn't get me so pissed but there was so much um tension from both sides so what i'm just trying to do now i'm just trying to uh, i'm trying to settle everybody i'm trying to make you come together and and uh have peace because that's what we do in this podcast all right that's all i have to say as usual i want you to continue to be curious continue to ask questions continue to try to understand people that disagree with you and that's all for now uh stay curious